website last night and according to legend a werewolf feeds during the lunar cycle that's the three nights around the full moon last night was the first moon of the lunar cycle why can't you just download porn like other teenage boys excuse me for trying to make conversation hey guys welcome back to spooky tuesday a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers thrillers monster movies and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week i'm sydney thompson i'm monica height I'm Chelsea Duff, and this week we are talking about Cursed, the 2005 collaboration between Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven of Scream fame. This movie really wanted to be the next Scream, um, especially for the monster set, the monster movies. It just didn't hit at its time, um, and a lot of people hate it, as it turns out, and think that like, it's bad. really hate it. <laughs> and they're wrong. Like, really hate it. Like, a lot they're of wrong. people involved with it, too, and like, Okay, last week I kept being like, I don't understand how anybody could hate it and have taste. Um, Now that I've learned a little bit more about it, I can understand why people would be frustrated because, okay, here's the thing. Here's why I like this movie and also why a lot of people don't like this movie. In a way, it is sort of a spiritual sequel to Scream 3. It's the exact same vibes. It's the exact same vibes as Scream 3. (laughs) It's like exactly. Yes. It's like the same Hollywood backdrop, Hollywood jokes, funny little Hollywood cameos, um, and plagued by just as many rewrites and reshoots, um, and just as much producer meddling with the plot. Some fucking Weinstein bullshit. Chelsea, Mm -hmm. would you like to tell our (laughs) listeners what the actual plot of the movie is? You know, I sure would like to, but I pulled up IMDb to look at what they put for the tagline, and I'm pretty sure it is a little out of date and about the old version of the movie. So I'll read that to you just to give you that. No um, way. No, seriously. Um, And then I'll try and make something up on the spot. But IMDb says a werewolf loose in Los Angeles changes the lives of three young adults who, after being mauled by the beast, learn they must kill it in order to avoid becoming werewolves themselves. So if you've seen the movie, you know that is not the case. That's not what it's about. <laughs> but it's about that's hilarious. That's a big case. fuck up. It is like someone clearly put that in while the movie was still in like pre-production or something. Because they filmed for like two months before the Weinsteins were like, actually, can we change literally everything about this movie? And it then was they literally 90% did. done with filming. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it just, it, and all of the actors who are involved um, have basically come out on the record and been like, I don't know why that happened, other than now we know that Harvey Weinstein is terrible and meddled with a lot of projects unnecessarily behind the scenes, um, perhaps for his own ego, perhaps to be manipulating people in whatever ways who knows um but but we have no answers that said just because the movie that we got is the result of Weinstein meddling I will not let that uh rob me of the joy that I experienced watching this film because the film that you actually watch (laughs) if you watch this film is about a brother and sister played by Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg 
Um, and they do get sort of attacked by an animal in the forest who they come to suspect is a werewolf. Um, but what they learn is that it's like the lunar cycle and they've got three days to kind of get to the bottom of this new curse that they're feeling affected by. Um, so it's, right. it's and not- hold on. Oh, no, no. please. It's not the forest. It is Mulholland Drive. That's true. Mulholland Drive. Drive like 800 times in this one scene. Yes. They, they're like, oh, uh-huh. are you on Mulholland Drive? Yes, it's just like, are you sure? Mulholland Drive. Yes, it's just Mulholland yes, Drive. Yes, Mulholland Drive. You know the water. iconic Mulholland Drive? Oh, yeah. They literally say like East right by. Water. Yeah. And yeah, I pulled Mulholland it up on Google Maps. Be like, I wonder where they were. No, and yeah. My, I drive there was... all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I told, um, the two of you before we started recording that I went down like a couple different fairly random internet spirals um, and Google searches because of this movie. This was not a, a spiral or a Google search exactly, but I did go through a couple back and forth with myself being like, how did they get to Mulholland just east of cold water? And then I no. hear they're coming from Hollywood Boulevard. I did a full Californian sketch with myself. Whereas like they're coming from Hollywood Boulevard. I bet they went up Laurel Canyon. Now they're taking Mulholland from Laurel over to cold water so they can go down to their home, which is probably in Sherman Oaks. You know what I mean? Um, I think when we watched this with our friends, we were like, I wonder if they live in Toluca Lake. No, it's gotta be Sherman Oaks. They're deeper in the valley. That's my, no, that's my totally take. Sherman Oaks. That feels right. Right. Don't you think? It does feel right. And also I thought that there would, there might've been a Sherman Oaks name drop in this movie. There was a studio city name drop in this movie for sure. That's what it was. There was a mm. studio city name drop in this movie. What was I watching? I watched too much media this week and I got another show conf- confused with this movie. That's what just happened. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, wait, this no. is... are you thinking about the meme that has been going around where it's like, there's no vamp, this isn't forks, there's no vampires in Sherman Oaks. Oh, no, <laughs> I was thinking of what we do in the shadows. There was an episode of what we do in the shadows where they like FaceTimed in some actor who like played Dracula in something and was like asking him questions like for advice about doing vampire things. And he was like, <laughs> He was like, what the fuck? And then he like says, like, I'm just over here living in Sherman Oaks. And I was like, yeah. Anyway, I love Hollywood jokes. Maybe that's why it doesn't land for other people as much because they they don't have that LA connection the way that we do. I don't know. They really drove it home. Like they were it's so it's Truly, so it's like Jenny Tate of Studio handed. City. I'm on Mulholland, east of Coldwater. Here's Lance Bass. We're on Hollywood Boulevard. Blah, blah, blah. Like every moment. Scott Bayo. Scott yeah, Bayo's here. Scott Bayo. Okay, wait. So before we talk about the movie that actually exists, should for we sure. just like talk about what it was going to be? Because otherwise, I yeah. feel like dropping it in is going to be too confusing. Tell me more, because a werewolf loose in Los Angeles changes the lives of three young adults. I know those two of those three were originally supposed to be Christina Ritchie and Jesse Eisenberg, but they were not siblings. I remember reading somewhere that they were going to be love interests. And then IMDb trivia was like, no, somebody else was the love interest. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. Oh, yeah. So the original movie um, was going to be about three different people who had no idea who they were who each other were and and pretty much just so you know 
so you can feel happy in your heart. The Jesse Eisenberg like character arc is the exact same pretty much as it was in the original, including the Milo Ventimiglia stuff that we will get into later on. So thank the good Lord. Um, thank the but, good Lord. And Christina Ricci's character had the same job. She was also like a business obsessed girl. Um, but the third character was a man named Vince and he was played by Skeet Ulrich. What was his name? Billy Trout was something, something Trout? Jizz Trout. No, it was not Jizz <laughs> yes, Trout. Yes, it was. Skeet was no, by Jizz. Stop it. His real name is... Brian, shut Brian, up. <laughs> Brian, Trout. no, absolutely not. I'm Brian, anyway, horrible name. Skeet, anyway, Skeet Ulrich. So he plays this like rich kid, like man who's like a total disappointment to his like dad or something. And he's like, they're all pretty much like losers at the beginning of the movie. Okay. Um, and uh they're all like unlucky in love like the original like you see jesse or eisenberg get shot down by uh what's the girl's name becky or brooke. some shit brooke that uh, happens becky is shannon elizabeth how dare I'm so you sorry becky is also in the movie um but also this this cast was absolutely stacked and then they absolutely decimated it when <laughs> when sh this shit went down omar epps was in it mandy moore was mm -hmm. in it robert For forster iliana douglas scott foley heather langenkamp and Corey feldman they were all in this and also scott Bayo had like a way more important way huger role yes. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. huge, like a huge fucking role. And so basically a similar thing happens um, for the start. But uh, is Becky the name of the girl who gets in the car crash in the beginning in, in the yeah, OG? Becky, Shannon, Elizabeth, best friends with Maya and Jenny Elizabeth. Tate of Studio City. Yes. OK, OK, OK. So she is not the impetus for the car crash in the original. They are all driving uh, and Christina Ricci, Ricci is driving and she uh, the wolf comes and she hits the wolf or whatever and she spins out and crashes Vinsky Ulrich's car off the side and okay. then she flags down a truck and that truck is Jimmy aka Jesse Eisenberg and okay. that's how the three of them meet and then a similar thing happens where they're trying to help each other with the car crash and and then instead uh they get mauled by a werewolf uh you know classic Classic, um, I wonder if Nick Offerman was still the <laughs> cop who didn't believe them because they're still um, a cop I believe who didn't he's believe a park them. ranger or animal control actually maybe I think he was a cop because they called they called the the paramedics or something or he was a paramedic or something in the he's acres. wearing like a funny little badge I'll I'll check the details I have no idea um, but anyway, there's also a fun character that we don't get whose name is Toby and he is Vince's uh, Vince's chauffeur because as we recall, Vince is a fancy man, a rich boy. And so the romance comes between Vince and Christina Ricci. What's Christina Ricci's character's name? Ellie? Is Ellie, yeah. yeah. Ellie. Vince and Ellie. Can you imagine that? Ski Ulrich and Christina Ricci having a romance 
You know who's not in it? Fucking Jake. His character doesn't exist in the original at all. <laughs> not even for a second. You um, mean Jake, a.k.a. Pacey from Dawson's Creek, a.k.a. Joshua, Joshua Jackson? Jackson. Yes. A.k.a. Scream 2 background actor. <laughs> yes. A.k.a. Yes. The Scream 2 a- background actor. So the movie kind of like continues on in some similar ways. Like Zipper still becomes a dog or whatever the fuck. Um, and Ellie still has to go meet up with Scott Bayo. Um, yeah, and so she goes to meet up with him. Um, but while that's happening, she was also going to like meet up with Vince like that same night or something like that. Like he was also there. And while Vince is there, Becky shows up. And because Vince is a hot playboy um, who like... That's kind of where they got the inspiration for the Jake character, I guess. But then Mm. they just ruined it. Sorry. (laughs) Getting ahead of myself. Um, But uh, Becky, like, is apparently, this is a quote from the article, okay? A star Uh fucker by nature. And so she sees Scott By nature? She came out of the womb a star fucker. fucker. (laughs) That's her her whole deal is she's a star fucker. So she goes and sees Scott Baio. a star fucker and I'm a star fucker too. Yeah. And she tries to get with Scott Baio, which is fucking hilarious. Also, Joni is still in it. Don't fucking worry. Obviously. Um, Still the agent. Um, And then like later on, like somehow Vince ends up at the pier with Becky. And that's when they meet Portia. And so that happens. But then... Becky gets fucking murdered on the pier by a werewolf like and no one knows who the werewolf is and so then like basically all this stuff gets the guys like gets the whole crew to be back together because they had like gotten in contact with Jimmy and so they all know they're going through this change it's the same thing where they're looking at their hands and they're like what is that whatever could that be on my hand is that the mark of the beast and let me tell you that i drew this on my hand at work today at Uh like 3 p.m and then was doing things in front of co-workers and was like oh my fucking god they're gonna think i'm a satanist (laughs) oops i drew a little pentagram on my hand whoopsie doodle whoopsie doodle um but okay but monica now you have a costume just like be absolutely nothing and when people ask what you are be like uh I also wasn't sure which hand Pretty it was. Obvious. I think it is the left, the right hand, but I did do just the dots on this hand. So I covered either way. <laughs> which, which hand did you put it on? I can't tell. Hold I on. think it's supposed to be because Lex Luthor lifts up his left hand, I think. And then I put it on my right hand. Okay. I think that's it. But I, I think it's on Ellie's right hand. I feel like it might be on jake's left hand i don't know i'd have to re- not that it really matters obviously i think That's- it's always on the right hand i have no fucking clue who knows interesting. i don't interesting. know but anyway it all leads back to all of them being at a wax museum at the wax museum that uh on works at. yeah the one that they show in the beginning and that's where like the final scene goes down and basically we find out that the <laughs> the werewolf who killed becky at the pier was Scott Bayo? <laughs> I so need Scott this. Everybody's like, the original was great. Why did we have to change it? No, Scott Bayo being the big bad God. villain sucks. Okay, I'm but glad so, we changed it. But he got turned into a werewolf in Europe, and he actually got turned 
by Joni, who is the alpha werewolf. So it's still Joni. Joni is actually the big bad, which I like so much better because in this one, uh, Jake was the big bad, but it's Joni in this one. And so um, I loved that. And basically they all do a big fight, blah, 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 blah. And they win and they don't turn the, they, they kill the vampire that, or they kill the werewolf that turned them into a werewolf. And so they are not, they are not werewolves anymore. And, uh, Bo, Bo becomes friends. The same Bo thing happens. The same thing happens. I Jimmy ends up with Brooke, and then Vince and Ellie end up together. And that's the movie. Um, and I love that movie. And apparently, apparently. The footage still exists somewhere. It is Deep somewhere in the, in the vault. And everyone's like, oh, like you're not going to ever see it because it needs all this editing, blah, 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 blah. But like, I think the plot, plot wise, I like the plot a lot. I like the plot of what we got too, even though it's fucking stupid and ridiculous. But I loved it. I had a great time. This plot need makes this a little movie. bit more sense. I love that Ski Ulrich is in it. I like that it's not like a sister brother thing. I felt like that didn't need to be in there. But the thing that I missed the most that we didn't get was that Rick Baker was going to do the fucking effects or the practical makeup effects for this movie. Like, and he's released like images of what he was going to make the werewolves look like. And it was fucking sick. It was awesome. It was so awesome. It was so much better than the CGI that we end up getting. Like the man who did American Werewolf in London doing this werewolf movie. Like there's nothing more iconic than that. Mm-hmm. It would have been really beautiful. Um, I kind of wonder like, Okay, here's the thing about this movie. Um, is it good? Yes, I love it. Is yes. it bad? Yes, I love it. Yes. You know what I mean? You know um, we like bad stuff. If you're listening, you know that. Stuff. I'm literally wearing my House of Wax Super Yaki I was shirt literally right this moment. Yeah, Just about to say, funny? like, you heard the House of Wax episode. <laughs> yeah, House of Wax actually gets a shout out in the IMDb trivia for this movie. It oh, says, yeah? the film is the first film of the two of the horror films released in 2005, which consists of two main characters who are somewhat strange brother and sister pair. The second film is House of Wax. And I was like, yeah, House of Wax. I'm going to wear my shirt. Yeah. Um, but it is <laughs> bad. The thing is, is they started doing rick baker quality werewolf effects um and then when they decided to reshoot it those effects were deleted and they did um a practical team um and those look uh, pretty bad if you've seen the movie in a way that i think is really fucking fun but it it looks like silly you know and it looks straight up silly and then also at some point they stopped working with the team that did the practical effects and they brought in CGI. And so there are some moments where the werewolves look completely computer generated and some moments where it looks like somebody wearing the body of an old gorilla suit, but with a head on top. Um, I love that part. It's Um, so funny. Let us not forget the CGI moment with Jesse Eisenberg's tummy, where his tummy's like, (laughs) I was like, oh, mm. yeah, God, like growing sure. a six pack and losing it. And it's just like 
this is unhinged. It's Another- so all over the place. I do wonder um, if even with all of the rewrites and stuff, if they had still had Rick Baker level makeup and effects and prosthetics, like would it have elevated the film and more people would like and appreciate it despite the fact that it is what it is? Well, I don't think because there's there, there's it's not clear if Rick was let go, which would be unheard of, or if he left and he might have left the project based on the direction that it was going. And I wouldn't blame him just because of what it used to be. Like there's a lot of stuff I didn't mention in that it's in the synopsis about how absolutely gory the original was going to be. This was going to be a rated R movie. It was going to be an absolute gore fest. Like, spoiler alert for uh, the one that never happened. Toby, the beautiful chauffeur that I mentioned, he gets ripped limb from limb inside of the (laughs) fucking, like ripped out of the limo and ripped apart. Like there's like a lot more like visual gore it was gonna be r think of all the fake blood sydney would be dying for it um but like they not only changed the whole plot and 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 caused months delays first they just wanted kevin williamson to change the end and he was like okay and then like they were mad about that and then they ended up having to rewrite the entire thing it caused four months delay that's why all these people dropped out because of scheduling conflicts um and so I'm not sure if Skeet had to drop out first and then they rewrote it or they rewrote Mm, him out of it I don't so they rewrote the character to be um Jake essentially like I think they even changed his name to Jake Uh and they made him be the boyfriend character and then they had the treatment of the boyfriend character with the the treatment that Jake gets in this film at the end where he's kind of like the big boss if you will um mm-hmm. and the boyfriend turns bad and so Ski Ulrich was like I did the boyfriend is bad and scream I did that 10 years ago I'm not really interested in a repeat so he dropped out well, because yeah, the rewrite was like sense. I don't I don't need to do this project again no that makes sense like especially with that with that reasoning and also because like I don't like the direction personally that Jake's character goes in I feel like it's kind of sorry Kevin Williamson I feel like it's kind of like weak writing his character arc it's like confusing and like oh I love it actually at the end I wasn't crazy about it I love the movie but that's one of my least favorite parts is 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 that part of it well it was like this whole movie Jake was being set up kind of like as a red herring to being the big bad. And then, you know, you find out like, oh, it's not him. But then it's like, oh, yes, it is. Like at the end, like you're not supposed to, he wasn't set up. Like, so I find it a little unbelievable. Yeah. I agree. I I agree. I just felt like the last ending, like I thought like it should have ended with the first ending you know what I mean and then there was the second ending and I was like I didn't need this extra 10 minutes for me for me for sure sure but we did get the tummy wiggle from Jesse Eisenberg in that part (laughs) and so I can't be complaining too much because that's a high point but anyway yeah 
Okay, I will say if we're if we're talking about the ending, which we are, so I will. Um, <laughs> but if we're talking about the ending, the thing is, um, okay, so blah blah blah, spoilers, etc. You know the deal. You are listening to this episode, and also you have listened to this podcast before in the past, I assume. But maybe it's your first time. Hello, welcome. But if that's not the case, if that's not the case, we already spoiled the end. <laughs> Here's the thing, but I'm gonna say in detail, Monica. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so um, the thing is that the werewolf that's been a, a menace throughout the film is Joni Judy Greer, but she was accidentally turned by Jake, who she briefly dated, and so now she's been like attacking all of the women um, that she sees as her competition, and so she gets this like face off with Ellie because Ellie's dating Jake. And then that ends and they go home and they're like, yay, it's over. And then Jake shows up and he's like, it's not over. But the thing is, um, is that Joni says at one point, like, I didn't think you were serious competition, Ellie. Like, I didn't take you seriously as a threat. I didn't think I had to worry about you. Um, but if you like are watching the film with that in mind throughout the movie, the the problem is that jake was being such a fuck boy the whole time because he was evaluating who could be his werewolf bride you know what i mean like who could really accept his secret and like live his life with him forever and i guess he sees whatever in ellie that he's like werewolf bride material right here this is wife material instead of just girlfriend material well, um, I think and it's so her parents are dead uh they briefly <laughs> mentioned <Jesus>. that <laughs> and so he's like you know what we're gonna kill your brother therefore you will have no family no attachments we could be together okay. forever that is actually the only part that that didn't make sense to me is when he's like oh we'll just kill jesse eisenberg i was like first of all why um but he does have one line when he's like um talking to her and he's like we've both been through tough stuff i was born a werewolf and you have dead parents like he doesn't say that but that's the takeaway um let me say. find the exact line he says um oh I didn't write it in this section I I just wrote I was born a werewolf and you have dead parents it's basically the same thing um but whatever um but but throughout the whole thing he keeps being like I know that I was a fuck boy in the past but I'm different now I want to be different but I'm falling into old patterns blah 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 all of the girls keep being like you only date somebody for a few days at a time just a few dates and then you move on even Kyle Lex Luthor is like you gotta watch out for him like he's bad news blah 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 and then at the end it made sense to me to have him be like the final after Joni because Joni is obviously the best part the best part well actually hard to say with the milo stuff um it's it's so close it's so close i didn't know that i could it's a tie but yeah joni is so incredible but then it made sense to me that like joni didn't get herself in this situation like sure she used her powers for evil once she became a werewolf she was like i'm gonna maul these bitches um but that fuckboys are gonna fuckboy and and that the fuckboy should get his comeuppance I felt was right but the only thing that I didn't like is that he was like okay Ellie here I am ready to make you my werewolf bride I'm gonna make sure you stay a werewolf forever um and then he was like but there can only be one alpha in this pack and it's like do you really think that Jesse Eisenberg is trying to challenge you to be the alpha no he's not first of all even in that little two-person werewolf pack it would be Ellie it would obviously be Ellie 
Yeah, also, like... Jimmy is not out here threatening your title as alpha. In what world would she be like, yeah, you can kill my brother? Like, Yeah, just kill my brother. That would fucking never happen. That's why I thought it was so unbelievable because I was like, you can't be this stupid, you know, to think that this is going to work for you. It's obviously not going to work for you. She's been like, especially because her parents are dead. It's just the two of them. They've been a a little two-person family. And so they got extra special bonded because of that. Like, oh, I found the quote, by the way, behind. Come on, <laughs> idiot. Um, oh, say it. Say it. Jake. The quote is Ellie. I was born with this curse. I know how to control it. I've learned to live with something terrible, just like you. We're not that different. We can do this. I've learned to live with something terrible. You learn to live with your dead parents taking care of your brother. I learned to be a werewolf. I eat coyotes in the desert. Same thing. Just. He, I mean, clearly he's a dumb bitch. You know what I mean? Like, you don't go around treating women like that and not be a dumb bitch for why. Oh, totally. Um, okay, but speaking of coyotes in the desert, Chelsea, we were discussing earlier, and I know you went speaking down it. <laughs> yeah, okay, so now we got to circle back to Nick Offerman, who may or may not be um, a cop. I think we decided, we took a short, a short break, yes, um, that was not on the record though. So, so they didn't hear that conversation, no, but know. we decided he's um, a sheriff. Yeah. I think he's a sheriff. He's wearing a green jacket. I thought he was perhaps animal control because they reference animal control later. And he says a line that has actually um, sparked something for me, but is factually incorrect. Um, he says the line, there hasn't been a wolf sighting in Southern California in over 70 years. And in my notes, I wrote, is that true? The real answer, and perhaps that was what they wrote at the time in the beginning of the film when they started production on this five years earlier than it came out in the year 2000. Um, but by 2005, it had actually been 80 years because the last wolf um, was spotted in California at that time in 1924. Um and, and I went on this whole spiral of, of researching wolves. Um, and this month, actually, um, this month, there was um, a, an Oregon wolf spotted in Southern California in what, quote, could be among the century's longest, unquote, wolf adventure, wolf adventure being my words. Um, but... And then there's another article from earlier this year that was like, it's the furthest south the gray wolf has been spotted in California in nearly 200 years. Um, and yeah, no, no, no. I went down this wolf spiral. I absolutely, and it was, it's a lot. absolutely um, lost in it. That's exciting. It. It's lost a lot of notes. Um, here's, here's my journey. So I went, um, is that true? Well, guess what? An Oregon wolf was spotted in Southern California literally this month um, for the South in 200 years. California only had one known gray wolf pack as of 2020, and they live in Northeastern California in like the Shasta- Sierra Nevada's region. Um, researchers say that the lack of wolves is one of the main reasons why the coyote population in Southern California has been expanding rapidly over the last 50 years. If you live in California, Southern California, you know about our They're coyote all problem. all over the damn place. 
it's a wolf problem really is the issue and also just a fun fact to tie it back to the movie for one second before i continue down my wolf spiral for you um the high school mascot is actually the coyotes which i thought was a really interesting little tidbit and Joni does have a line like what am i supposed to do eat coyotes in the desert and she's like no thanks um but so just in case you were wondering, you wanted to know more about wolves. Um, the wolf who who did the the journey was named Journey. They named him Journey, but it's an Oregon wolf, Oregon OR7. Um, and it traveled over 1,000 miles in 2011 Whoa. looking for a mate. And then it was like, there's no mates here. So went back to Oregon, found a wife. They came back. They had babies in California. Um, Journey Sun, C-O-8-M, started the Lassen pack. That it's like the, the one known pack of gray wolves in California but CAO8M maybe died maybe he left his family we don't know he could be a bum he could have had a tragic accident but he has not been documented since the 2019 breeding season and there's a new black male wolf <gasps> breeding male on the scene so drama um, drama. <laughs> drama but yeah it's like this whole fucking thing where like wolves used to be all over they were documented from San Diego to Sacramento from 1750 to 1850 and documented in Shasta County in the Sierra Nevadas from 1850 to 1900 but then um European settlement and colonization really happened like big time over here on the west coast um and just like agriculture towns blah, blah blah it pushed out the wolf populations from their habitats and then also they put bounties on wolves because they were like we have to protect our cows um fucking cow there are so many yeah. cows that it's breaking down the ozone from their farts like god mm -hmm. damn it by the 1960s, the only gray wolves left in the lower 48 states were found in northern Minnesota and Isle Royale, Michigan. Um, but in the 1990s, they reintroduced wolves in Yellowstone. And if you don't know this, they discovered that wolves are actually a keystone species, which means it basically like rebooted the whole habitat to start over again because wolves eat coyotes. And then... Um, like what wolves eat the carcasses leave behind for like scavengers to come and eat so then those animals and then like the coyotes aren't picking off all of the foxes and stuff it's like a whole thing and i and i and i could keep going but i'll try um not to but basically you bring back wolves the the predators that they eat stop preying on everything those um animals stop eating all of the vegetation because they've got other things to scavenge off of so the the plants come back the animals come back there's more bears magpies ravens etc and luckily um quote it's total luck unquote the california wolf pack the last pack that i mentioned um sired by cao8m um and with a new baby daddy now um survived the dixie fire from from earlier this year so thank, oh, god. thank um, god and then in my notes anyway back to the movie so that's <laughs> the end of my that's the end of my little wolf spiral, but I really That's a went down wolf spiral. A I learned a lot. There. Yeah, learned wolves a lot. are cool. Wolves are good. Wolves are are they scary? Would I like to meet one? Actually, I have met one because um, there are wolf sanctuaries, and there was like in our in our high school we had to do community service hours, and sometimes they would come and be like, "Come do community service with us." And one of them was this place where they were like, "Come walk our wolves. Come take our wolves on walks." And wolves I and walks. I did. I took those wolves on walks. That's so. badass. Monica, were you still? Yep, I met the wolf that came to our work. Yeah, we had a wolf come like to the radio station one day. It was yeah. gigantic and so cool. And we're just like sitting there. We're like, doggy. Yes, it was because yes. of Game of Thrones. That's why I came. <laughs>
because it was like dire wolves. Everyone was excited about dire wolves. And so they brought oh, yeah. wolves to the radio. Me too. I'm excited about dire yeah, wolves. Me too. I was, yeah. I was fucking stoked. I, I put a picture of me with that wolf on my main. Okay. That's on my Instagram. <laughs> and I will. Oh, I thought you meant like your mane of hair. And I was like, what does that mean, Monica? No, I don't typically refer to my hair as a mane, but maybe I should start. <laughs> I feel like it works wolf for you. Posting wolf pics on mane, okay? Posting wolf pics on mane. Posting wolf pics on my mane. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, this movie, like, it's not the original. It's not what Wes Craven wanted. It was actively disowned he hated it he's yeah he's like curious about it you want to hear the quote what he said it's so fucked up he's like so Mm -hmm. mad about it's gonna make you cry chelsea because you love this movie he said (laughs) the the contract called for us to make an r-rated film we did it was a very difficult process then it was basically taken away from us and cut to pg-13 and ruined it was two years of very difficult work and almost 100 days of shooting of various versions then at the very end, it was chopped up and the studio thought they could make more with a PG-13 movie and trashed it. I thought it was completely disrespectful and it hurt them too. And it was like they shot themselves in the foot with a shotgun. Quote Wes Craven. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, two angry. thoughts that I had earlier that I now have the opportunity to circle back around to. Um, yeah, Yes, the movie was absolutely supposed to be a lot more gory. The scene where Jenny Tate of Studio City is slaughtered in um, the parking garage and the elevator after the, the PETA party. God, this movie is insane. Um, the PETA party after was the- still in the original. Don't get it twisted. Oh, that was the opening, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, the opening um, scene. And then, like, the Pierce stuff was in the middle of the movie. Whatever. Anyway, um, but her seeing her death scene it was going to be like so much gorier you were going to see like her in the elevator with her insides torn out on the outside um and instead you kind of just get like a fade to black with that moment um and actually you were saying why would they let rick baker go that must not be the case unfortunately per rebecca um i asked her what the deets were and if we could share them and she's like yeah i think they're probably in my dad's book so it's fine um but she said that um they did come to him and they were like we want a comedy like we want pg-13 we want technology so he gave them a gorgeous image that gorgeous mock-up the work that he did and we'll share it on social so everybody can see and they basically said like no thanks that's not our vision anymore um they're so so fucking stupid they're so stupid I don't know how you get Rick Baker and you turn down Rick Baker. Um, Rick fucking Baker. Motherfucking Rick Baker. I've seen how many Oscars he has. There are (laughs) countless. And one is for a werewolf movie. Yes. The OG. Talk about their, the whole thing with this movie, they're trying to like redefine the werewolf genre for the new, for, for Y2K, like all this fucking shit. Those were all the buzzwords that they were using. Like talk about redefining the werewolf draw, d- like d- department. What am I saying? Redefining the werewolf, <laughs> redefining the werewolf department. Redefining the werewolf department. You know the werewolf department. You know we the, werewolf know werewolf department. the werewolf department. No. Sometimes you gotta shake things up. <laughs> Rick Baker didn't have to redefine the werewolf department or genre because he wrote the fucking book on it he defined it in the first place okay so they turned that down rick baker is the moment for werewolves okay (laughs) oh my god what am i doing i'm wearing the the wrong earrings for this where this episode do you have have werewolf earrings yeah what do you have they're literally right here i made them last year 
remember when you made those gorgeous. Put them in. Pop them in, baby. Gorgine. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh, wait. Okay. All right. Let's start talking about our favorite moments from the actual movie because there are so many. One no, of there's which. there's literally the, only uh, one. <laughs> no. There, okay. That, we're going to get to that. But we can't get to that yet. There are so many beautiful moments before that. For example, the movie starts with Bowling for Soup playing a song yeah. about the big bad wolf. Yes. That's and, how it a, lost, a clear reference to the Lost Boys. Yes. It was didn't such a clear reference to the Lost a, Boys. I didn't realize that was a Bowling for Soup song. No, it, it says was, Bowling it was for Soup bowling across for the background soup. of the stage. I don't know if it's a Bowling for Soup song, but it sure was Bowling for it Soup was singing bowling it. Bowling for Soup. I also, there are oh, pay attention to that, I guess. It literally blew up my brain. My first note was, Holy shit, this is iconic. Um, also, oh, it's their other... song, Lil Red Riding Hood. Mm, of course, cute. Um, also, cute, cute, there's cute. a few other references that mm-hmm. uh, uh, to Lost Boys throughout. Um, or well, maybe not a few, but the other one that I noticed is that, um, to do his research on what was happening yes. to him, Jesse Eisenberg, aka Jimmy went and got a comic book about Mm -hmm. werewolves and that's exactly what i forgot his name from lost boys does sam okay it is sam that's what sam from lost boys does he goes to Corey feldman and gets the comic book do you think that that's what Corey feldman was supposed to be in this movie do you think oh my god there's (gasps) a pier too oh my god was it gonna be like a total homage to the lost Lost boys Boys. and he was gonna be selling comic books (gasps) I'm gonna die. Wow. I wow. would have been so awesome. I need this original movie. I need it. I need oh. them to release the film. Mm-hmm. I need it so much. I want it. I want Here's it. Here's the thing. Um, it is not a clear reference to this next piece of media that we all know and love. Um this next piece of media is actually a reference to curse, I can only assume. But also, Jimmy at home just Googling, like, Wolf LA. Like, is that not very Bella Swan of him just Googling vampire? Yes. <laughs> that is 100% Bella Swan being, like, vampires. Also, I think it was the same web designer who did the vampire website in Twilight. Um, Surely. <laughs> as that werewolf website, I was like, oh, man, the early internet. It was beautiful. It was not even that <laughs> early so that it was 2005. Funny. But, like, the graphics. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Curse came out in February 2005, I believe. Um, and the first Twilight book came out in October 2005. So I can only assume that Stephanie Myers saw Cursed. She definitely did. I can only There's assume. no way that she did She didn't. saw that Google and she was like, that's a good idea. What if we just Googled things? I love it. Um, Google. Yeah. And also like, there's just so They many- didn't have a Google budget. Let's be honest. <laughs> They're using GoDaddy. <laughs> things didn't exist back then. They're on like Ask Jeeves. Duck, duck, go. <laughs> there are some other search engines that I've come to know about. Um, I don't use them though. Don't worry. Um, but also like there's so many good ca- cameos in this. We already talked about the Lance Bass one, which was fucking amazing. Um, yeah, he's at the end at, at Tinsel, the hottest new Hollywood themed club. Okay. I was pissed off with Tinsel because when we were first seeing 
Jake setting up his club, all the things that he was setting up were spooky things. Like, that's mm-hmm. all you saw was spooky shit. And then they have a spooky mirror maze and all this shit. So I thought it was going to be a spooky-themed club. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome. Love that. And then I was like, why the fuck is it called Tinsel? And then when they do the whole scenes in there, it's just a wax museum. And that's exactly what it is. They just used, like, probably the set they had already oh, made for yes. the original movie that was set. That yeah. scene was set in a wax museum. And then they're like, JK, it's Hollywood's hottest club. Look, Lance Bass is here. I mean, like, if Lance Bass and Scott Bayo were at a place, it would be the coolest place. So that's not wrong. Um, but... <laughs> I was just like, th- that made a lot more sense to me. And it made me mad. I was just like, oh, this could have been a spooky bar, but no. Sure. Was- but like, I love that there's a wax figure of Cher there. I, I like love that, that Joni steals the clothes off of wax Celine Dion. I think that's great. I yeah, because that dress is about the that. best villain dress in oh, all yeah, it's so cinematic funny. history. Such a diva dress. And, and she gets a sword. From these she wax gets the yeah. okay. important. <laughs> the thing is, um, when we watch this, we watched this with some friends over the summer. Um, when we watched 47 Meters Down Uncaged, we were like, what would pair well with 47 Meters Down Uncaged? Oh, I know, curse. Curse. Because, like, <laughs> obviously. Um, but our friend Devin was with us, and I'm gonna make her say something on social about this moment. But I had prepped her ahead of time, being like, Devin, there's one moment in this movie that's gonna drive you out of your mind. You're gonna love it so much. Judy Greer gets a sword, and she's just like swinging it. She looks incredible. Swing. She's in a Celine Dion diva dress. It is the most amazing moment. Um, but I actually, I didn't catch the first two times that I watched this movie. I didn't catch why she wears this. Celine Dion diva dress oh I didn't um I was just like for the drama maybe yeah she um, seems like a bitch who loves drama so oh she, she was like you know what drama I'm gonna look incredible in this and Jake will be like Done. wow yeah. you look incredible in but this that's... wax figure Celine Dion outfit Mm-hmm. that's only part of the reason because they okay they walk into that room it's literally called like the diva room um and there are three wax figures next to each other and it's like I think um Diana Ross Madonna and Celine Dion and Celine is in the middle um and you just see it for like a second um and then later there's only two of them and Jimmy's like weren't there three there a second ago and then Joni leaps out and she's wearing this Celine Dion dress because you only see it for a second and I was always watching with other people and couldn't rewind I was always like oh that must have been Joni standing there before and she was just so still that they didn't notice no it's because when Joni becomes a werewolf her clothes explode or like disappear or whatever she needed clothes for that part of the movie so she steals the dress off of wax celine dion so that she has something to wear and it's an iconic amazing diva dress because then at the end after they get her and she's on the floor when she transforms back into her human figure nakey she was nakey behind that curtain she said let me just borrow celine dion's dress Something that I thought was really interesting, and I haven't watched enough werewolf movies to like 
consider this before. And also a lot of the werewolf movies I have seen, the werewolves are dudes. And so this wouldn't be as noticeable. But when Judy Greer um, or Joni turns into a werewolf, her hair, like her long blonde hair, like sloths off Mm -hmm. as she's transforming. I thought that was so interesting because I was like, okay, so in this universe of werewolves like your hair just bounces right back as soon as you turn back into a human i just thought that was an interesting thing to consider like that it like falls out and then like the new hair forms when you become a werewolf i don't know i always just thought that it like shrunk back into your head to be shorter or something like that I don't yeah, know. it's an interesting science. detail though. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But actually, if you look at Rick Baker's original designs, um, the werewolf in that image kind of has some the long, long strands of blonde hair, Joni's hair. Yeah, I liked that. I like that it like kind of she retains like, her still hair. Retains yeah, her hair and still looks like her. I mean, you wouldn't look at the werewolf. Like her, it does kind of if look you like look her. at it. If you looked at it and you didn't know about, you wouldn't know. You right. wouldn't know, but you we know that it's Joni, and so I mm-hmm. I totally could see that she had like the angular face as a werewolf, still like the eyebrows, the angry little eyebrows mm-hmm. when she does her sassy face. Yeah. Oh, God, I love this movie. I love this movie so much. Okay, this movie it would have so been good. great with Rick Baker's effects. It would have been really great. Would've. That said, the bad parts of it are part of the charm for the me. Bad parts of it are amazing another part that's really bad that's mm-hmm. also really good is mm-hmm. the part <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing just thinking about it when jesse eisenberg goes to the window and all those dogs are like surrounding the window and they're like rawr, 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 rawr. and he's like shut up shut up he's like so mad at the dogs and he's like saying shut up and then all of a sudden he's like like, uh, like, without like it seems like it just burst out of him and all the dogs just shut the fuck up and they're like holy shit and then they all just walk away that oh maybe he does have alpha potential art (laughs) but 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 another great jesse eisenberg character like moment is like after he's been like bit it's like the next day or something he went from having like curly hair to like straight hair that's on the third day his hair randomly gets straight (laughs) here's the thing i think this movie only takes place in like a 48 hour time period it's three days it's the first day of the lunar cycle the second day of the lunar cycle and the third day of the lunar cycle that's it but but, so this movie came out in 2005 and uh the third spider-man movie came out in 2007 so I feel like uh like emo Peter Parker took some (laughs) inspiration from this movie Sam Raimi saw this and he was like Zam the straight (laughs) hair is sexy I I just I thought it was so funny like because the first time I watched this movie I didn't catch the whole like you get hotter and sexier as you become a werewolf which I love that as a value add and I love like how Jesse Eisenberg was like is it so bad if I'm getting so sexy like he even <laughs> like he basically says that at one point but like because when I, the movie first start, started like the first time I watched it I was like damn Christina Ricci doesn't look that good right now and then I was like and then I I kept watching the movie and I was like oh that was on purpose they just put her hair in a low pony which only is good on very few people but like she just keeps getting like hotter and hotter in different ways until like the final day 
like I don't know why because she had like a side part and like side bangs the whole time but the final day she went full Wednesday Adam on him but like what like grown-up version she had the middle part and looked more like Wednesday than all the rest and I was like what an interesting choice to have been made here but like I love that they're like like Morticia Oh yeah, very Morticia. It was more Morticia, totally. But like, she looked. She is Wednesday Adams. So there you go. Wednesday Tasha's daughter runs in the family. I will say though, the costume department absolutely fucked her over in this. She went like, even when she was like, "I'm hot and sexy," was just like wearing almost exactly the exact same thing, and it was like a Mortician outfit. Yeah, seriously. But I guess like the werewolf curse isn't gonna go shopping for you. So if she was a dowdy little lady before she's just working with what she had. (laughs) How old is she supposed to be in this movie? I feel like late 20s. Yeah. But like, her and Jesse Eisenberg look exactly the same age. (laughs) I know. I mean, he does look like a little infant. Cause he just always does. Like, I think even now he looks like a little infant and that this was, this is how many years later. Um, but yeah, I just, I also like take offense to like hotter Jesse Eisenberg is just him with straight hair because and I also love that his hair curly fro. Huh? That hair no. was bad. It was a little hot, but no, it, was it, it was the swagger okay. that he had. Cause he no. knew. His, it was this swagger okay but it happened at the same swagger? time so i couldn't distinguish it i can only distinguish so many things at once okay sure okay can we talk about the wrestling scene oh no because i'm not done talking about the hair <laughs> go go keep keep going on it Rosa. my thing about the hair is there's one moment where he's looking at himself in the mirror where you're supposed to be like, oh, his hair's straight, that's different, but they never mention it and it looks so bad that I almost have to wonder like, was it a wig? Is that from the reshoots? And he changed his hair for something else and they were like, we'll just give him this straight wig and we'll be like, straight hair is hotter actually on boys at least because Christina Ricci's hair was still wavy at the end her hair did not get straight well it went Um, wavy and then it was stick straight in the last day and I was like this is an interesting I don't know what they're trying to tell me here I guess like wolves don't have curly hair but I'm not totally convinced that's true because like poodles came from somewhere yeah wolves can have any type of hair pattern okay Maybe not California gray wolves. Maybe there's different um, breeds of werewolf the way there are different breeds of dogs. And uh, Jake is out here. He's he's a California native. Mm, That's true. He said, my ancestry goes back to 1750 when the wolves ruled the land from San Diego to Sacramento, as cited in that quote that I that that Chelsea shared earlier. Did you just talk about yourself in the third person? (laughs) Yes, because I was speaking as somebody else in that moment. And then oh. I was like, if I say I and I'm speaking as somebody else, that could be confusing. They didn't say that. Chelsea said that. Me. I missed the part where you were speaking as Jake. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just like slipped into it. It was so natural for me. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, I think it's time that we talk about the other best part of the movie, okay. which is any moment that milo is in this fucking movie um even though he says some pretty horrible shit throughout um okay this movie 
is incredibly homophobic, but also very gay and it's all so at the same gay. time. Yes. <laughs> yes. So homophobic. Like horrible homophobic things are I said. It. <laughs> I like I but like as soon, like when I was first watching it, I was like, geez, they went heavy handed on this. This time, knowing what I know now, watching it, I was like, it's all laid out for you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, when we first watched this, I was like, oh, wow, they could really get away with stuff in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, and then I was like, was wild, but. <laughs> but then I was like, wow, the payoff, the automatic joy that I have received from this it was just and um I have transcribed every single one of those conversations by the way <laughs> if if you you'd like a taste of some of that dialogue I will not say the f slur because personally I just don't feel comfortable saying it no I don't um, like to hear it so that's fine with me <laughs> cool 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 but yeah there are um many a converse first of all this movie is uh I won't pretend it's not problematic. First of all, oh. unless it's like a wolf thing to be like straight hair is hotter than curly hair. That's like racist. Um, and they have Portia de Rossi plays a fortune teller um, and they use the G word for that, which is a slur yeah. for Romani people. Like that's and no good. Wears- I don't know that that was like something that was really discussed much in 2005. Um, I think that- was not but we know now yeah Yeah. um there's there's lots of stuff like that the the homophobia of it all um in in this movie the homophobia exists for Milo Ventimiglia's character um to hide behind essentially yeah um but that in of itself is a trope yeah, yeah that's a super harmful narrative um that is mainly used whenever someone is homophobic to be like oh you must be gay and that is not really um an analysis or real guess at someone's sexuality so much as like an opportunity to insult them by calling them what they must think is the scariest worst thing to be so you're using it as an insult even if you're trying to be like gotcha um so that's that said I forgive it this one time I forgive it this one time (laughs) you're watching this and we're like yeah Jesse Eisenberg is really throwing it back in his face and I'm just like Mm, but but it's still bad yes. but it's still the punchline is you're gay like yeah cool, the cool, punchline cool, is cool, cool. Mm-hmm. anybody who's homophobic must be gay and don't you feel terrible to be homophobic and someone's calling you gay the worst thing that you can think of like that sucks yeah. that said um again it, in this particular context the the turn is just works for me the way they do the turn you know what I mean it's Uh not Karovsky on glee or whatever it's better than that um better than that it's better than that oh my god it's so so much better than that. yeah lay lay on us some of this choice awful verbiage that we get from Hottie McHotterson Milo Ventimiglia aka Bo by the way in case we want to know what his character's name is Bo Yes. So it starts the first scene on Hollywood Boulevard on one of those like little souvenir shops on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, by the way, have we said that the dog's name is Zipper? I feel like yes, but I want to make sure. I mentioned Zipper earlier Thank on. God. But yes. Thank what God. What a name for um, them. Yeah. Zipper's in that scene as well. So it's important. Um, Jimmy has like let Zipper 
essentially and and why does jimmy how did jimmy get to hollywood boulevard with his dog he like went home from his high school to sherman oaks got his dog came back to hollywood boulevard just to let it off his leash for a second so it would run into the souvenir store so he could run and be like oops sorry brooke is my dog bothering you hello i'm jimmy that's um, literally what he did yeah oh that's yes. it yeah good um, unfortunately brooke's boyfriend Bo, milo ventimiglia is right there um and he pops it in and he's like, hey, I know you from P.E. Um, and Brooke says, his name's Billy. And then Jimmy's like, uh, it's Jimmy, which is so funny. Um, roasted. And ro- boom, roasted. Um, but then Bo says, you're the dodgeball crotch target. You should really wear a cup. He says, um, I'm just looking out for him. He can't help it. Every school's got one. The derogatory it. The geek on his way to F-Town. And then Jimmy says, look, I'm not gay. And Milo says, bomber. And he means it with his whole fucking heart. When yeah, he, says, he fucking does. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he tries to play it off by being like, you mean you're just an ass wimp wad for no reason? That sucks. But he really means that bummer with his whole ass heart. And then also... At that moment, um, Brooke is like, you're such a dick, Bo. Just ignore him, Jimmy. And then Bo says, I think your dog is gay, too, which is so funny. And also in my heart, I know it to be true. I know that dog is gay. Zipper is gay, yeah. I, I got know a, that a dog strong is gay. vibe from Zipper. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but then later on, outside of the vending machines, where you see a little flyer for wrestling team trials, and that's where it says that they're the coyotes at their school. Um, mm-hmm. Just the smallest of details there's no way they didn't throw that in for me specifically years down the line when i would be googling wolves california sightings um wolves prey predators etc keystone species etc anyway um bo says geek juice you trying out for the wrestling team jimmy um and jimmy's like i don't wrestle and bo says oh i think all that male-to-male contact would be right up your alley and then jimmy says is that the appeal for you burn yeah bo's friend is like ooh, back talk um and jimmy says haven't you been the team captain for like two years now um like he really set himself up for that one too just like why would you call the thing you do gay like you know that thing i'm all about it's super gay it's funny that you're trying out for it but i'm not gay i'm not gay though not i'm me, not gay though, though. but the I sport like is the innately gay <laughs> you probably like the male to male part i just like the wrestling i just like the pain and the hurting for, other for people me, <laughs> for me it's about um the unitards but for you probably it's about seeing other dudes in their unitards it's just like okay Bo you're being okay, Bo. very transparent I will always consider yeah, oh, that's um, literally what he says that's precisely yes. what yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. what can I say in the next one and PE class where wrestling tryouts are happening um oh and that's Jimmy- the part where Jimmy does his sick ass jump which is so fucking <laughs> funny he like launches himself over a wall and lands on the bleachers like it's ain't no thing he literally was like 10 feet in the air <laughs> mm-hmm. it's gorgeous and it's gorgeous. stunning and there's no reason for it to be there other than um commit to the bit the drama yes and he should 
Um, but it. he jumps down, he walks over to Brooke and then he's like, oh, uh, you're here, Brooke. What's up? Um, and <laughs> I didn't Bo comes over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you here in PE class? Like, yeah, yeah, she's here in PE class. Um, but Bo comes over and he's like, what's going on, Brooke? You going fruit fly on me? <laughs> um, which um, is better than, and I, I actually am comfortable saying the F slur in this specific context for the term fag hag. Um, I, it's, how I I'm, it's like how I'm okay with saying fago uh, mm, from, mm. from Jennifer's body. Uh, yes, exactly. You got to know when it's, when it's for you and when it's not for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, important to but, but fruit fly, I think is much more fun than, than fag hag personally. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know that any of us can really consider ourselves uh, fruit flies if we are also the fruit. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, yeah. um, anyway, <laughs> so he said, you go and fruit fly on me. And Jimmy's like, actually, we were just talking. But if you don't mind, shoot. And then Bo says, oh, you're asking for it, Abercrombie. And which is to say, I love you in your style. Do you want to kiss is what he means. Yeah, that. that's the um, subtext. Yes. And then I that's you, when Jimmy preppy says, baby. Mm-hmm. Jimmy says, oh, come on, Bo, you're really becoming transparent. But how about a little identity intervention? OK, because all this this internalized homophobia is just giving you away. And then Milo says, you better watch your ass, which is to say, I am watching your ass. Um, and Jimmy, uh, the coach comes over and is like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then Milo's like, I want to wrestle him. Let me wrestle him. I want this male-to-male contact that was Hello. brought up earlier. Um, and it's just, it's And then just the most so ultimate showdown ever happens. Like, can you imagine a boy as lanky as Jesse Eisenberg picking you up by your neck upside down. <laughs> and do you know what he says? Moment. He says the worst, most beautiful, stupidest line in this whole movie that I love. He says um, to Milo, who he's holding over his head, upside down in the air, straight up. Um, you know, the best part about being a fairy, you get to fly. And then he slams him down. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Incredible writing, Kevin Williamson. Yes. Beautiful. And that brings the homophobia in the film to an end. Because then after that, our next scene with Bo is when he shows up on Jimmy's doorstep. All of a sudden, he's nice now. Okay. Apparently, in the original script, um, instead of just this, like, weird wrestling showdown, there was going to be this whole moment where Jimmy, like, snarls in Bo's face, and he sees his reflection in Bo's eyes, and he sees that he's, like, sort of semi-transformed his face into, like, a wolf face or whatever before it snapped back, so that's what stops him from, like, literally throttling Bo or killing him or whatever, um, and that's why Bo was, so much more powerful. (laughs) But also, I I like that it was just um, gay nonsense. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it, yeah, it was going to be this whole thing where it was just like um, it scared Jimmy into stopping, and it scared Bo into stopping being a bully. But instead, that I like that in that moment, Jimmy was like, "Stop calling me gay. It's clear what's happening here. You're projecting." Um, and then later, Bo comes over to his house and is like. Yeah. How did you know I was projecting, like, yeah. bestie? He comes hey, over. Baby. I was projecting, and <laughs> Oopsie, now you got me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. 
he let me find it okay he comes over and uh jimmy's like bo what are you doing here and bo says i just wanted to talk to you about that stuff you said today jimmy says what stuff bo says about me i was just wondering how you knew no one else did just you and i've been so shitty to you and then i thought why wouldn't he know it takes one to know one right of course you would know because this whole time he's been bullying jimmy it's because he's got a crush he's got a crush. crush My baby, I got a crush on you. you. Oh, boom. Proving Adam right that I am once again the best singer on the pod. Did you not just hear me sing right before? No, clearly I didn't. (laughs) Wow. Well, I did sing and it was really nice. And it was a different song about having a crush, an old timey one, because I'm an old soul. Wow. I see that in you, Monica. We'll have to, (laughs) of course. We'll have to let Adam decide on that one. Adam knowing me, knowing me, my mic didn't fucking pick it up at all. And so no one heard it. Anyway, good Chelsea. Chelsea. We're singing. Is that good enough? Good. Yeah. Anyway, um, the dialogue in that moment is so beautiful. Um, because he's like, it takes one to know one, right? Of course you would know. Jimmy says, no, no, what? Milo tries to kiss him. And then Jimmy goes, whoa Bo what what are you doing and Bo says I'm gay I just can't keep it in anymore I had to tell you you're the only other gay guy I know Jimmy's like (laughs) Jimmy's like whoa whoa okay stop no I'm not gay I mean not that there's anything wrong with it Bo Uh says this is hard for me okay don't be like this Jimmy says look trust me Bo I'm not gay I'm 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 cursed. And Bo says, I'm sure it feels like that, doesn't it? Not being able to tell anyone, talk about it. It's so fucking funny. And and Jimmy's still just over here being like, no, I'm cursed by the mark of the beast. Bo, I'm a werewolf. Um, just a mutual coming out moment. Gorgeous, really. Beautiful, if you think about it. Stunning, um, yeah. And Bo's like, come on, Jimmy, you don't have to pretend anymore. Not with me. And he's like really making the moves. And Jimmy goes, no, no, it's part of the curse. I'm I'm appealing. I have an unnatural sexual allure. And Bo <laughs> says, yeah, yeah, you do. I know. <laughs> and then this is the best line probably in the whole film. Um, Jimmy says, look, dude, I'm happy for you. You be gay. It's a good thing. Unfortunately, I got my own shit to take care of. So a best of luck. Yay, go gay. Uh, and I'll see ya. Yay, go gay is real dialogue that is in this movie. And Help that's me. why that it is the best movie of all time. What, other, what other movie is giving you yay, go gay? <laughs> Not nearly enough of them. More it is shit. a cheer. It is an instruction. It is a call to action. It is empowerment. I could ask for no more than yay, go gay. That's pinnacle of cinema I want to someone me. to say that to me every day. Yay, go gay, Monica. Thank you. Wah. Will you it's call me needed. tomorrow morning and say that again? <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll send you a little sexy little yay go gay voice memo every single day if you'd like. Oh, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Sounds great for me. Monica, how do you <laughs> set that up to like a ringtone, but like your alarm? It's just Chelsea seducibly, mm. seductively. It wakes saying, up in the morning. Go yay, go, go gay. gay. 
I could Yay, definitely set, I could set that you. as a text tone. I haven't updated my text tones in 10 years, but mm-hmm. I could refigure out how to do it. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, yay, go gay. I don't think it gets any better. No, and and then and then we get Milo slash Bo as an ally for the rest of the film. Like he's helping out fighting the werewolves. He's now invested in helping the sister out. He goes to Tinsel or Tinsel Club, whatever the fuck. Oh, sorry, it's just Tinsel. <laughs> um, and it's and he's like a down bitch. He's like, I will enter the mirror maze with you. And then let's kiss let's, in the mirror maze. Let's kiss in the mirror. <laughs> I would, yes, it, it I would love be hot it. To kiss in the mirror maze. I would um, like to kiss, but yeah, in I the mean, mirror maze. Oh my god! And then we get the most amazing moment of the entire fucking movie. Like we already talked about how Joni is revealed to be the werewolf who's off the walls, killing people left and right, and you start to realize that she's killing all people who've like hit on Jake, which I didn't mm-hmm. realize at first. Um, and so it all scans. Um, but then. Like there's an ultimate showdown between our our two heroes, uh, Ellie and Jimmy. And you think that Joni is going to get away. It's it's epic. It's really epic. You know, you think everyone is going to chop each other's heads off. That doesn't happen. Um, but Joni runs away into the rafters just as animal control shows up. I love and the animal control. Huh? And the police. Oh, OK, cool um and yeah they've, they've got guns i think they're i think they're just police in this moment what oh, is okay. with the confusion of animal control and police in this movie though clearly they're not making it obvious i got confused with the uh plot of the other movie because like animal control comes for a call for one of those i don't for what something in the original script but yeah mm. and, and and like literally Joni is gonna get away because she like went into the roof and she's, she's like hiding. hiding up there but she's such a petty fucking bitch that that's what gets her in the end. Did you write down what Christina yeah, Ricci obviously said? I wrote, to, okay, I wrote, I wrote down. down so Give it to okay. us. Give it to right? us, girl. I have um, the dialogue with Joni and Ellie and Jimmy, obviously, where she explains that uh, she got turned into a werewolf because she had hot sex with Jake that got a little rough and there's no <laughs> such thing as safe sex with a werewolf. Um, I, I have Knowledge. that moment where she's like, Jake? Yeah, she's like, she bonked out Jake earlier in the movie and then she's like, Jake, you bounce back quickly. Hi. And he's like, it's you. Um, and there's this really great line in there where he's like, I, she says, um, oh, that's the coyote line. He says, look, Joni, it doesn't have to be like this for you. There are ways for you to control it. And she says, like what? Nibbling on coyotes in the desert? No, thanks. I'm having too much fun eliminating the competition. Pretty soon, I'll have you all to myself. And he says, I won't let you kill her, Joni. And she says, Jake, honey, muffin, I am not going to kill her. I promise. I'm just going to rip her to shreds and let her choke on her own blood. Then maybe I'll eat her. Um, and that's such an amazing line. But the part so that we good. were okay, just but like, talking that's about, a mood. Know what I mean? Like, a mood. I feel like that is something such that I would say. It's gorgeous and I love it. Jake, honey, muffin, I'm not going to kill her. I promise. <laughs> I'm just going to rip her to shreds and let her choke on her own blood. It's a loophole, technically. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's a bad. loophole, technically. Um, but the police show up and they're like, where's the animal? 
And Jimmy's like, it's up there somewhere. They're like, what's it supposed to be? I, and they're like, I don't know. Stay alert, guys. And Jimmy's like, it's a werewolf. And they're all like, yeah, yeah. Like, Wait, what? Um, <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, Ellie says she may have changed back to her human form. Her name's Joni. She's this hyper skinny publicist. <laughs> they say any other description. And I actually love this line too, because Jimmy goes, Yeah, um, she's what, like five seven? Um, and that <laughs> cracks me up also that they would just be she's five seven. <laughs> um but what Ellie is does is she starts to describe her for a second and then she gets a hot, sexy, little, gorgeous, genius idea in her brain. And she goes, she is, she's got a bony ass and fat thighs and bad, bad skin. skin. <laughs> and Joni bursts out of the rafters, full werewolf, middle finger. Liar! Liar! <laughs> She's a werewolf with the middle finger up and screams liar. Like, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful that I forgive that body shaming moment as well. You know what I mean? Like, you can talk about fat thighs and I probably would have internalized it if I had seen it when I was younger. But I'm willing to overlook it now because she's just provoking Joni and it fucking works. Because Joni's like, how dare you say this uncorrected? Liar! Liar! And then she gets absolutely obliterated by 5,000 million bullets mm-hmm. and then does a little uh, Billy scream moment where she tries to come back to life and they <laughs> blow her brains out. So. Honestly? Yeah, because they've established in this movie, Sterling Silver doesn't kill you if a werewolf. It just hurts. You have to separate the head from the heart. Um, and then they just blow Joni's brains out. And Jimmy's like, yeah, I mean, brains everywhere. That's good enough. Um, I will say when we see her in her human form, her head seems to be intact and there are no brains on the ground. So there's red on the top of her head. I reject this. I need more. Um, I well, they may- turned no. into PG-13 movie, so uh, we didn't get that. What I'm saying is I reject this. I think only part of her brain got blown off when she was a werewolf. Maybe her brain is smaller when she's a human. It was a part she didn't need. <laughs> she's alive, and I know it in my heart, and she's the star of Cursed 2. Okay. In my heart, I know this. Okay. In my heart, Whatever I know Whatever you want, because- Chelsea. <laughs> yes. It is whatever, whatever I want. I want. <laughs> whatever she wants. Whatever she wants. Why aren't you singing this Oh my this God, to there's going to be your opportunity. so much. Uh, I didn't know what song you were singing. So oh. I was just I was just riding. You're just vibing. Wave. I was just vibing. Yeah. I was enjoying the performance. Adam is not going to know what to do with all of this. Who's <laughs> the best singer content this episode? Woo. He's going to be like, three-way tie. That's bullshit, Adam. Pick somebody. I would never He's do gonna that. He's going to pick you guys Adam over me pick, again. Adam's going to pick That's somebody. <laughs> and I'm gonna Adam's going to be like, who's sleep? the most chaotic choice that I can pick? And then he's going to pick that person. Yep. Oh, we're already at an hour and 20 minutes. I know that we have some stuff that we're going to cut out like when we're I was quiet for like 10 minutes trying to figure out what I was going to mm. say. But um, I don't have that much to say about like the very end. And we kind of already talked to it. Um, oh, no, we have a lot to say about the end. Okay, so let's talk about the end and move on to our segments. Yeah, we got to do it fast. Oh, not the Jake part of the end, the Milo part of the end. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a- yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about the Jake part that much because we kind of already covered it, right? Yeah, and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> okay. All right. I'll start it off. So in my opinion, 
that should have been the end of the movie because it was so epic. And then we get that second ending we were talking about earlier with Jake and all this stuff happens. And I honestly couldn't give less of a shit about it. Like, honestly, I just didn't care about Jake at all. And I was like, oh, no, he turned out to be bad. I just like don't like looking at his face. So sorry, Pacey. Not that he's not cute. He's fine. But just wasn't it for me that said there is a beautiful wonderful incredible moment at the very end of this film Mm -hmm. that is the sweet kiss to send you off to dreamland honestly (laughs) yeah this actually might be one of my favorite parts of the movie because um the thing is this is gonna bring us right into our segments um which is great because it's just about that time. Um, but the end of this movie after Jake, um, they, they all go home happily ever after Jimmy and Ellie are home and they're like, it's over for real this time. Um, which also the fact that it wasn't over before, I know that they were like, we didn't fully explain the werewolf lore so we can subvert it at the last moment by being like, it's not your sire. It's the original werewolf. You have to be a, the born werewolf to be the true sire, whatever. No. They didn't unwerewolfify because Joni is alive. Um, but that aside, um, there it's really over this time. And then Zipper shows back up. And then who's behind Zipper? It's Brooke. She found Zipper wandering the neighborhood. And then who's behind Brooke? It's Bo. And he's like, I told her that I'm gay. And Jimmy's like, great. Now Brooke and I can kiss. And they do kiss. And you're like, is this going to be straight? And then they start to walk off. And Milo's just sitting there looking kind of sad for a second, but then they turn around and they're like, you coming? And he's like, yeah, because guess what? This is as close to a polyamorous couple that you were ever going to see on screen in 2005 (laughs) in a mainstream movie. That was as close as they were going to give you. And to me, that's canon, baby. It's canon. Here's the thing. It's canon. I was screaming at the top of my lungs when we watched this all together for this part. As somebody who would love to have two boyfriends who were in love with me, but also in love with each other, like, good for you, girl good for you yes here's the thing when we watched it um with you monica and also sydney and i had watched it previously one time with a couple other spooky crew members on a night you were just like busy or something i don't know um but the first time whenever milo was making homophobic jokes we kept being like haha milo's gay whatever blah 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 it's just the 2005 like of course that that's going to be the thing but we didn't really expect it to actually happen and then it actually happens in a way where he's being like very sweet and not Karofsky from Glee and he's just being like how'd you know oh I'm so glad we can be out together and we can talk about gay stuff I have an outlet where I can be myself blah 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 it's like sweet you know what I mean yeah um and we were so shocked. And then at the end, Jimmy kisses Brooke and we immediately made thruple jokes. And then they're like, hey, babe, you coming? There's three of us. And we were like, what? Like it blew our minds that they gave us that too. This Everything so we want, this movie, we can have. This movie was written for us specifically yes <laughs> it was. i know in my heart nobody knew that it would be for me one day but they delivered the perfect film to me like first we it's get the perfect film to me off werewolf judy greer and then we get a thruple with jesse eisenberg and my love and 
<laughs> and it's just like and Judy Greer with a sword. I know. Like, how much more can I one girl it. ask for? No, there's nothing. There's nothing. And so, like, the question is, how could this movie be gayer? It simply, I don't think it could be. I mean, it could be. Jesse Eisenberg, could, they could be a real canonical couple. Yeah. There could be a three-way kiss where they all kiss at once, like, Ooh. which is not they how be... things work. Um, but I would have loved to see it. <laughs> it would have been fun. They could have had Jimmy be like, remember how I kept saying I'm not gay? It's because I'm bisexual and I'm very <laughs> specific about what labels I like to use. Like he could be the one person, not the one person. He could be uh, one of the people who are like, I, I don't use gay as a catch-all term. I like bisexual specifically. That's how I identified that's the exact label I want to use. Um, mm. And and they could have given us that. But honestly, I feel like what they gave us was basically that. Yeah. Yes. No, it's like, basically no that. <laughs> in this aspect for the film no notes like (laughs) only this aspect of the film um but god i mean i couldn't believe my eyes and the fact that it's milo ventimiglia and i literally have such a thing for him like as a huge gilmore girls fan and this is at like his exact sexy hot jess like era of his life like oh I I get chills just watching him and then him being gay is even hotter for me. Um yeah. It's just <laughs> when they walk off the three of them like yes, Jimmy and Brooke are holding hands, but Bo and Jimmy may as well be brushing elbows. Like they're not far apart. He is not separate from the couple. He is right fucking there with them. He right it's there, it's baby. a thruple baby. It's a thruple. Everybody thruple. loves a good thruple, especially Monica in a thruple basically. Yeah. <laughs> in a hypothetical thruple that is not actually a thruple at all. I'm not in a thruple. It's thruffle, the closest but- to being a thruple without actually being a thruple basically i live with two men and so everyone's (laughs) like it's a thruple and sometimes like my one friend was like so you guys are actually a thruple right (laughs) no my god i was like no i just joke about it constantly no you're not in an actual (laughs) thruple because you know adam and james are just solo dating so that's fine (laughs) yeah no i'm their beard Uh, (laughs) um but yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful gay film. Yay, yay, gay. Yay, um, yay, gay. Yay, gay. Yay, gay. Yay, go gay. Yay, go gay. With dialogue like that, how much gayer could it really be? It, there's no room. You know oh, what I mean? No there's no room. There's it's no space. It would have been too gay. long of a movie. <laughs> but okay, our next segment is always where would Maddie Lilly fit into the film? And the thing that I have to say is if they lost Skeet and because they lost the Vince character, why not have Stu, a.k.a. Maddie Lilly, be Jake? Why? I know. Why? It's the natural choice. If they were going to have that full scream connection by having Skeet Ulrich in this movie and and it's the re-collaboration of Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven, the natural choice would have been Matthew Lillard like sorry Joshua Jackson you were fine in this role but and you were fine in the film class in Scream 2 (laughs) yes you were also fine there god it it should have have been been Matthew Lillard it could have been Matthew Lillard I just got chills all over my body thinking about it like full body chills 
And can't about you this. see him being like, like a little bit more believable? Like, well, not believable. Not that Joshua Jackson wasn't believable at skeezy as skeezy club manager who's a playboy, but like we've seen like Matthew Lillard be a little bit of a skis in some of his other roles. Like, oh, I don't it's know. Something... Matthew Lillard and she's all that. But yeah, yeah. Here's totally. the thing too. Like that totally fits. He could totally be like a hot, hottie playboy. Like that makes sense to me. Think of all the cool merch there could have been of like Matthew Lillard is a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like maybe it would have been obvious though if it was Matthew Lillard that like that was going to be the twist? Because I feel like using... Pacey lends the character some like wholesomeness that the character doesn't actually have yeah I guess I could see what you're saying (sighs) although I guess you're right the characters everyone from the beginning is being like that guy's sleazy so like with the Joni of it all even if you're set up to be like it's Matthew Lillard he's gonna be bad then they give you Joni then you'd probably go like oh it was Joni I was wrong they cast Matthew Lillard to trick me and then they're like surprise it is still Matthew Lillard maybe that would be great actually I think it'd be yes it's it's okay I'm on board it's happening that's the only way that I would like them to keep the Jake character if I had it my way I'd have him go back to the original because I think I I like that better um Mm -hmm. but if they are have to keep Jake then it has to be Matthew Lillard so just saying those are the rules okay but also just enforce them consider a little time travely perhaps 10 years earlier um we keep Jake, he's Pacey, um, Joshua Jackson, but instead, uh, Maddie Lilly could be Jimmy, Jesse Eisenberg's character, and we bring Skeet back to be Bo, Milo Ventimiglia's character, and we get um, our little Billy Stu romance all over again. But this time they kiss because they're actually in this a time they kiss! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Although Matthew Lillard and Steve Ulrich have been doing all of those interviews lately, especially with the new Scream coming out next year, where they keep being like, no, they were in love, they're gay, they they both survived and ran off to South America together where they're raising their dogs. All of those interviews Uh, just have me convinced that Matthew Lillard does in fact listen to our podcast, so therefore... And he said, how could this be gayer? I know. I know. I know. And I'm going to do a little fan fiction moment (laughs) just for Spooky Tuesday. Just for my girly. Matthew Lillard, if you're listening. It was real chemistry. It was real chemistry. We love you, Matthew Lillard. What you saw on screen was their true feelings. That's Mm -hmm. how it is. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then that leads us to who is the dumb bitch. And we've already said the word dumb bitch in this episode because we already know. So just say it. It's so obvious. It's Jake. It's got to be Jake. It's Who Jake. else could it possibly? I, I mean, like, no, I, it's I, I was going to nominate somebody else, not for the win, but for a nomination. But I don't even want to because I think Joni's an icon. <laughs> Joni's an icon and Joni's just being oh. herself. Jake is being stupid. You know Joni- who is a dumb bitch, though? Scott Baio. Because, Always. um, he's, oh, yeah, he like puts his hand on Ellie's leg. I totally forgot. Yes. About oh, that that's part. a great line. I was gonna say he's, he's like, a truck supporter this- in real life, but oh. oh, yes, also. And he was like a bitch to Wanda. It's like, actually, um, because I was like, what is it about him that I'm remembering being controversial? Um, I looked it up, and there was this whole thing where he like 
posted what may or may not have been a photo of Michelle Obama. I didn't find the original tweet basically being like ugly. And then people were like, you're racist. And he was like, how can I be racist if my wife's best friend is black? Which is so funny to me because he couldn't even be like, I have black friends. He was like, my wife has a black friend. How does how could I be racist if how somebody could else I be racist likes a black if person? I'm Which two is like, degrees. Scott, I... Oh my God. And then he Jesus. proceeded to be mean to Wanda Sykes, who, um, as we all know, is the star of New Adventures of Old Christine um, and therefore flawless, untouchable. <laughs> um, but yeah, Wanda Sykes icon, Scott Bayo sucks. Um, but also there is that line. Um, hold on, let me find it. Um, oh, Sorry, I word searched the word finger to find it. Um, can we talk about the fact, just real quick, that Craig Kilburn is her boss because Craig Kilburn was the real host of The Late Late Show when they started working on this movie. And then five years later, when the movie came out, he was no longer the host of The Late Late Show because they'd gotten a time and pass, they'd gotten a new one. Um, but he's her boss in this moment. And the, part of her like werewolf transformation is she keeps sniffing blood and being like, mm, delicious. Um, and there's this one moment where her boss boss gets like a cut on his finger from a soda can or whatever he's about to go on screen and he's like what do I do she sucks her boss's bloody finger into her mouth disgusting Disgusting Um, anyway and deeply sexual and and also really with your boss really hot anyway so it was very hot and he was like what (laughs) in the god's name what in the sam heck is going on he also (laughs) thought it was hot his face yeah he did craig killer yeah he was like why is my producer doing this (laughs) my head producer um anyway okay so the line with scott bayo they're at the PETA party where everyone's dressed as an endangered animal by the way this movie's just so fucking funny this movie's Um, perfect so fucking funny anyway so all of a sudden he's looking at um christina ritchie who's being like okay scott bayo you're gonna be the third guest on our segment after carrot top um and Ashton Kutcher which is, is hilarious uh-huh. um and she's like I think we'll just do some clips blah 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 and he's being like yeah real original Joni loves Chachi whatever blah 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 um but then he stops and he goes you know you're a beautiful girl I mean you've got this aura thing happening I I just can't quite put my finger on it and he's touching her knee at that point and she goes not when you can use your whole hand which is such a good burn though such a good burn such a good good burn burn. there's so many good lines Kevin Williamson writes some really smart dialogue and I'm sure that whatever script they ended up with as the final draft is not what he wanted it to be that said I love it so Thank you, and I'm sorry to Kevin Williamson. Um, <laughs> I'll take it just as it is. Thanks. Okay, well, then that brings us to our knives out of fives. And so we already set the scene that this shit was panned, but let's see how bad it was panned. Chelsea, lay it on us. Here's the thing. Um, on IMDb, it actually has five out of ten. Not so bad, okay. right? Uh, you go to Rotten <laughs> It's not that bad. 50%. It's not great, but a 50% could get you a fresh um, on Rotten Tomatoes potentially. Actually, I'm not sure where exactly the, oh, is it maybe 60%? I think it's 60. Anyway, um, 
because on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets uh, nowhere near that. Um, critics gave it 16%, one six, mm. which is super rotten. And mm. audiences gave it 30%, which is also pretty rotten. But what's mm. interesting, actually, this film was nominated for some awards. Um, one Razzies? of them- Well, you'll see. Um, <laughs> at the 2005 MTV Movie and TV Awards, uh, is it Maya? Mia? Maya, I think, right? Maya. The singer who plays Jenny Tate of Studio Maya. City. I don't know why it's so funny to me that they it's say Maya. Jenny Tate of Studio City. Um, Maya is nominated for Best Frightened Performance, and she does do a pretty good job. And that's the role that Mandy Moore was going to have. Um, and then Mandy Moore had scheduling conflicts, so she could not come back for reshoots, so they recast her. Um, but this movie, in the year 2005 was nominated for the best film at the Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Awards and for the least scary horror movie at the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. So, you know, it kind of um, get you um, a movie that can do both. You know what I mean? Because that kind of really summarizes what I'm here for, I think. You know, like, it's not scary, Um it is a stinker bad movie, but in a way that I'm obsessed with. For me, I'm obsessed. I just, every single person, there's like a quote from um, Judy Greer being like, I don't know what the fuck happened with that movie, but it got, oh yeah, here's her quote. I don't know why that movie got so fucked up. I don't understand it. I thought the script was fine. Honest to God, I didn't get the big deal. I don't know who kept making them fuck with it. We shot the movie for like seven years. I think they said we had four movies worth of footage. It was so fun, but so weird. I don't get it. I couldn't figure it out. There's like um, a Wes Craven quote where he says, the cursed experience was so screwed up. I mean, that went on for two and a half years of my life. He signed on to do, there's some guy who was like, I signed on to do two months of this movie. I worked on it for 19 months. Um, it's just like yeah the most insane experience um Jesse Eisenberg also had a quote somewhere where he was like it is insane what this movie became and nobody knows why exactly like why this happened um that said once again it works for me it works for me. Okay, here's the quote from Jesse Eisenberg. He said, the first movie was more interesting and provocative. I don't know why it wasn't working. Oh, he's the one that said, now that we know the behind the scenes of the Weinstein Company, it makes sense as to why it was so chaotic. Um, but the chaos for me, not the behind the scenes chaos, the on-screen chaos, the chaos of Judy Greer and a wolf costume flipping off the camera, the chaos of Judy Greer screaming liar, the chaos of all of the homophobia, and then sweet little Bo being like, actually, Teehee, I am gay, and I would love to kiss you, and I'm going to be best friends with you, and I'm so sweet to you now, and isn't it so freeing to be yourself? I'm a whole new man. I've got a new lease on life. I'm going to go tell my girlfriend I'm gay, and then we can be in a throuple together. Like, Yay, go gay, you know? Yay, go gay. Yay, go gay, Yay, baby. Go gay. I know this movie is bad. I don't care. For me, it's a five out of five knives. Amazing. I mean, okay. So I fucking love this movie. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But knowing what I know now, 
Um, I've learned a lot today. I did a lot of reading. And and knowing what I know now, the fact that the original movie had almost exactly, pretty much exactly all of the Milo, Jesse Eisenberg shit mm. in it, which is the best part of this movie for me. And it had Skeet Ulrich. I'm just and like, the Joni stuff. And the Joni stuff. I love that so much more. Like, I was so annoyed when I had to even watch the last eight minutes of this movie because I was just so not moved by it. You know, I forgot that that even happened. I thought I was done with the movie and I was like, I still have like almost 10 minutes left. Like, why? You know, except for the walk to remember at the end. Um, So th- that is irreplaceable, baby. Nice Mandy Moore reference. That. Thank you. <laughs> I did not um, But yeah, I just... I feel like it would have been a dope movie that was actually scary and gruesome, but Mm -hmm. still had obviously that Kevin Williamson spice to it that makes it funny because like Scream is actually scary, but it's also fucking hilarious, right? Like actually scary things happen in that. So you can have both. We can have laughs and scares. Like I just saw... uh, last night in Soho um, and it I laughed and I was scared not super scared but pretty scared you know you can have it both ways baby but like they went fully in the the corny direction and I fucking love that don't get me wrong they went full but scream three they went full scream three um, and alienated the audience that they were trying to get at so I understand why it did it flopped big and heavy and got 16 percent. But it is not a flop in my heart. I love it in my heart. But I cannot give it five out of five with what I know now. Uh, The weight of knowledge. Ignorance truly is bliss, my friends. That's what I have learned today. Uh. I did feel better before I knew that the movie that I loved was the product of uh, Weinstein meddling. I did feel better yesterday about this movie. Totally. The curse that they're talking about is the Weinstein family. Like, that's that's what it is. That's what the curse is. Oh, burn. Anyway, I'll give it a four out of five. Nice. Mm. <laughs> All right. Still pretty good. Still oh, pretty yeah. Good. I will watch this again many times. I'm also giving this a four out of five for the sole reason. It would have been a five out of five for me if we could have gotten Wes Craven. Kevin, what's his last name? Williamson. Williams. Yes. Rick Baker. If we could have had that oh. beautiful trifecta oh. okay. that we yeah. deserve. We deserve. That's what we deserve. It would have been a five out of five. But unfortunately, again, with the fucking Weinsteins, yeah. they fucked up. They ruined yeah. a good thing by just existing like they always do. So fuck them. Imagine such boner killers. shit up that bad. How dare the they ruin my raging boner for this movie? How dare Yes! Uh, <laughs> you may recall this. I mean, this is the classic which scream is the best scream divide of this podcast. Um, and also me with everyone in the world, <laughs> which is fine. I'll be a martyr for the cause. That's fine. I am. What did uh, Sarah Palin always call herself? A maverick. I'm a maverick for Scream 3. Um, but but Scream 3, I gave six knives out of fives. Um, for me, this is this is only five knives, you know, because wow. Wow. because the you Rick Baker exclusion and restraint. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that loses you a knife. That loses you a knife. Sorry. For sure. We have loyalties on this podcast, okay? Mm -hmm. I know where Mm -hmm. my loyalties lie. Baker till we die, baby. (laughs) Baby. Baby. Rebecca number one. But Rick's Rick's up there too. Rick's number two. Who's up there? I don't know. The rest of the family is all pretty cool, though. I don't know the rest of the family, so I don't have a... Four-way tie for me, man. <laughs> Four-way tie. <laughs> anyway, that wraps us up for Curse, but we have way more... Uh, not way more awesome shit. That made it sound like things that are more awesome than Curse. I can't guarantee that. We have more awesome things to come, and Chelsea's going to tell you what it is. Or Sydney, me! I forgot what we're doing next. <laughs> Here's the thing. Chelsea and I also forgotten so we were like hmm, what are we doing next week but as soon as Chelsea said it I was like of course that's what we're doing next week and what we're doing next week is as above so below oh I'm so excited I've never seen this oh my god Monica yes yeah oh my god it's gonna blow your mind um we will if all things go to plan and uh, Manu doesn't chicken out, we will have our friend Manu as a guest with us next week. And if um, she does chicken out, we will roast her next week. So it could go oh, either way. She's going <laughs> to regret ever being born if she chickens out. Um, she doesn't really like horror movies, but here's the thing. She knows all about Italian literature. So we need her expertise. We need wow. her expertise. Are we gonna She's going to have to sit through thing? it on the pod she's next. gonna say smart things and we're oh, gonna okay, go, 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 go. Oh. i don't want to set that expectation oh. <laughs> oh. wow smart and sexy. oh my god Manu. yeah that's gonna be us the whole episode she'll she'll host and we'll uh be participants yeah we'll be like the background dancers <laughs> bring in the dancing lobsters <laughs> That's us. We're the dancing lobsters. Gorgeous. I love it. Okay. But yeah, next week. So excited. She's going to explain everything that I didn't get the first time around, but just went, wow, that seems smart. And almost made me reach out to um, a high school English teacher that I once had. Um, But but thankfully now I've got my own personal expert that I can just rope in. Amazing. Okay, well, that wraps us up for Cursed. So if you like what you heard, why not break the curse by giving us a five <laughs> on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser? Yay, go I, get I'm it. Try to do something witty. Yay, go time. get it, Monica. Yeah, hell go, yeah. Go <laughs> you could say that in the review, and that would honestly be appropriate. Five star review. Great five star review. And so also, if you like, what you heard there's more to be heard and it's on our social media at spooky underscore tuesday on twitter instagram and tiktok and you'll also find us on letterboxd at spooky tuesday and on facebook and tumblr at spooky tuesday pod so check it bye spooky yeah go gay Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg. I won't let you kill her, Joni. Jake, honey, <clears throat> muffin, I am not gonna kill her. I promise. I'm just gonna rip her to shreds and let her choke on her own blood. And then maybe I'll eat her.